Welcome back to the weekly anime performance review, the show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I'm Juliet, your super cool robot dog. I'm Chris, and why don't we just form one giant fuck pile? And I'm Andrew. Qua? Pourquoi? Pourquoi, papa? <laughs> it's actually two different words. Qua is what, pourquoi is why. If I'm not oh yeah, mistaken, qua is what, but... and pourquoi is why. It's like it's same as in Spanish where it's K and porque. Yeah. In case you can't tell by our titles or the uh, name of the episode, today we are talking about season two of uh, the case study of Vanitas. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first episode we've done where we've gone back to do season two of a show that we originally covered when we were covering, like, seasonal anime week to week. Uh, we kind of did one where we did, like, the first half of a bunch of shows that we've say, covered before. We've done the opposite. Kaguya-sama. I'd say, I think this is the first time we've done, like, a full episode on a sequel. That like we that wasn't like a consecutive thing, in second season of Code Geass. But I will say this one is the most. Like you could watch all twenty four episodes as one season. I could see that marketed like. Yeah, I think in Japan it's technically all one season. Fair. It's just a split core. Because I remember um, when the show ended. When we were watching it seasonally, they was like, oh, we're going to the Jevil Dawn to fight the Beast. And then that way it just mm. kind of ended. And we were like, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a seasonal cliffhanger type of thing. Like, hey, I get yeah. it. But it transitions pretty well as far as I remember. Yeah. <laughs> transitions. Uh-huh. This, this podcast is now trans culture and there's nothing either of you can do about it. Speaking of the LGBT community. Like, it is weird how one of the gayest shows that we've seen has a canonically hetero couple, or not canonically hetero, but, like, has a couple that is in a hetero relationship. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Well, it's like, a lot of the way, it's just, like, in the framing, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Like, where, like, where uh, Jean tackles Vanitas and starts uh, biting his neck. Like the way he's the way he's drawn and like shaded is like very much like a queer thing, even though it's like a man and a woman doing things together. Like even even the straight stuff has gay vibes in this show. I also feel like, yes, they do have like like one of the canon couples is a hetero pairing. It also doesn't feel like. Like, they aren't exclusive, so, like, like, I unironic, like, I think I've said this, I I don't remember if I've said it to y'all, but I've said it elsewhere, that this is, this is, like, the only show where I unironically ship everyone with everyone. Yeah, well, because, like, um, we'll get to it a bit, but uh, one of the new characters introduced is um, Jean-Jacques, and they kind of have a thing going with Chloe. But another character introduced in this chunk. Yes, um, that's fair. Um, but like 
they build a like a friendship with Noe and like there's I don't know. Also like Chloe and John. True. When they first revealed um when they first revealed his name is Jean Jacques, I thought since we saw the soldiers from the time of Louis the Fifteenth that it was like the actual Jean Jacques Rousseau who was like trapped in this time loop somehow. <laughs> but I was like, no, it's just some guy who's also named Jean Jacques. I mean, one thing I will say is that, like, part of it, I think, is that it, a lot of these characters are just simply close to each other, like, just yeah, friendship-wise, even. And so it just is, in our um, American viewpoint, it's very easy to be like, oh, yes, they must be dating type of thing. You know what well, I mean? I think it, it's kind of like the same thing as how, like, in sports anime, like, those always tend to come off as very like the main characters always come off as gay because it's about them building strong relationships with each other. And a strong relationship is just really easy to go like a one or two steps further and say, Oh yes, they like, e they could like each other. Right. Well, uh, I'm going to butt in here to say, Reading things as gay is good, actually. Even, and especially when it wasn't the author's intent, necessarily. <laughs> I don't know if I'll say, like, it's good, but I will say that, like, it's perfectly acceptable, but it's also perfectly acceptable to not, because... I remember when I was a kid, I used to swear up and down that Frodo and Sam weren't gay, but nah, they're gay. <laughs> Share the load, Frodo. <laughs> Share the load, Mr. Frodo. That's just a nice way of asking for a nut. Uh, I do enjoy the fact that even now, uh, Noe and Vanitas are still insisting they don't actually like each other. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just two we're just two guys that don't like each other, but we sleep in the same room and are together all the time, <laughs> and saved each other's lives like a hundred times. That was, that was me and Chris when we lived together in college. <laughs> uh, this one is a bit... Uh, I feel like season one had more arcs than season two, because season two is really just two of them. I don't know if it's necessarily more arcs, but it felt like season one, like... If there were arcs, they were just a couple episodes. I think it's, I think it's just common in Shonen for, like, the first... 30 chapters or so to be like shorter events and then the arcs just get longer as the show then they turn into like more serialized and so that just turns into in the anime adaptation like in full metal alchemist we'll uh we'll stay tuned for that <laughs> or in one piece how like the first like two or three arcs are only like 10 to 15 chapters each, and then you get to Wano count, count, Wano Country, which is like 150 and counting. But I, I really, really enjoyed the, uh, the Gévaudan arc. Uh, is that the first one? Okay. Because they were, they were in a region of France called the Gévaudan, which is like, it's like an old, because France like had a bunch of provinces, and then they just like fuck all those provinces uh, during the French Revolution, and they still have, like, the new provinces they came up with during the French Revolution that have really terrible names. So, like, Gévaudan is one of their old provinces that doesn't exist anymore. 
All that being said, did we want to talk about visuals and stuff? Because I feel like, really, I feel like this reminded, like, not, not too much has changed visually. Um, They still do a lot of the things like they did when we previously watched it of where they draw characters very chibi or, like, the reaction shots are very undetailed, and I think it works great. Oh yeah, it's it's uh I I love whenever they go super deformed and it's it's always to deflate the ton, the, ton, the 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 deflate the tone when it gets too heavy for a moment. Cuz like this show is like it's 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 weird because like normally I don't like when like they try to like deflate the tone by going for like a joke during like a serious moment. But for some reason, it works for me here. I think partially just because I enjoy the chibi so much. I think also just like all the characters just have such great comedic chemistry together. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like a lot of times whenever people, whenever they use jokes to deflate tension in fiction, it feels kind of out of character for it to happen. Whereas here, it feels like entirely in character that uh, there would be like a very serious discussion going on, and then suddenly Vani Tuss and Noe would just start bickering with each other. Yeah, it's. It, I guess what I was worried. I guess what I'm talking about is like the fact that like all of Hollywood is haunted by the ghost of Joss Whedon. Yeah, that's what I meant, really. Just because like Joss Whedon, like his whole thing was like writing serious scenes and then like ending them with shitty jokes. Like if you if you watch Age of Ultron, it's all that kind of stuff. And also Joss Whedon's just kind of a shithead and a creep, so there's that too. I, I thought some of the animation was actually pretty nice in this season. Like uh Especially the fight scenes. Yeah, like the one that I wanted to flag up was uh when Estolfo and Noe are fighting in the castle courtyard and there's like a shot that like spins around them. It's really, really cool. One thing I will say is that I feel like this doesn't have that much action as I remembered. Like it's more of a drama than it is um, like flat out a action anime, which is weird. I like that because like I, I like... I like an economy of action, you know? I like it when yeah. all the action feels meaningful. Like, it's mm -hmm. there for a reason. Yeah, I just, like, a couple of times, they were, like, for the Astolfo fight, like, they would show that, and then, or they started the fight in the library, and then all of a sudden, they're in the court, and it's like, wait, what happened? Like, how do they get out there? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I I did enjoy, I thought it was funny that that character's name was Astolfo, because he is, like, like, well, yeah, he's 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 a pink haired femboy. <laughs> uh, I like there's nothing in like the, the there's nothing in like the legends about Astolfo being a femboy. But Japan's just like, no, this guy is a pink haired femboy in all of her, in all mythologies. I feel like it's it's one of those things where like fate did it and fate's just such a big thing that it's infected just how social media views or how like media views a character and presents them. I will say also Astolfo, like that's a pretty femboy name, you know? I think that's just like how people were named in the ninth century, Andrew. Well, they were pretty <laughs> femboys back then. And also, also to be fair, I feel like most of the male characters in this show are femboys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, like 
like Vanitas has like a big bow on the back of his outfit. <laughs> it's his scarf. But he ties it in a bow. Yeah. Look, I'm here for it, okay? It's a good look. It works for him. But yes, most of the male characters are femboys and like don't know how to brush their hair out of their eyes, but that's an anime problem in general. I think really it's just that this show isn't afraid for their characters to look gay. <laughs> no, quite the opposite in fact. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's afraid for them to look straight. <laughs> like the the only the only uh the only character in this anime that I look at and I'm like, that's a heterosexual man is Dante. And even then <laughs> Like maybe the closest, but He's just like a different now he's a different flavor of gay from the rest of them, but he's still gay. I loved the character designs that were introduced this season. Like Chloe, ugh. Love that dress and the pink boots. Yep. The one thing Queen. I wish is that they weren't like, oh, yeah, she's stuck at 11. I'm like, eh. Was she supposed to be that young? Um, No, she's a vampire, but she didn't age past 11. Or 11 or 13, one of the two. It was young. But doesn't change the fact that the outfit is cute. <laughs> like, I'm fine with it because it never felt... Like, she never felt like she was 11. No, no, she didn't, which is good. Like, she just felt like a short adult. Yeah, and, and like, it it wasn't like they, they, like, used that as an excuse to, like, be gross with her. Mm-hmm. It's, like, because they're definitely anime that do that, but this is just, like, this is, that's just how she looks. And it's, and she has a character that's well-rounded outside of the fact that she's, like, that she looks like a little girl. It's like, honestly, all of the, like, weird or the, like, kind of un- or things that anime does that people are like, oh, wait, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't mind if it doesn't feel like it's fetishizing it. I mean, I'm more of the opinion of, like, I'd rather not because there are people who do. And the less cannon fodder you give them, the better. But. Yeah, what can you do? I mean, at, the, at that point, you you would just have to, like, stop having child characters in fiction i I did like some of the i I did like some of the music this season too like uh the one organ track that they kept playing uh when chloe was working the alteration engine i kept swearing like that's dancing mad from final fantasy (laughs) 6 it's not but i kept thinking it was about to go into it and this this was this this is from the the square enix magazine so I will say that this show does a really good job, in my opinion, of making it to where the music sounds more European and somewhat. They they had a lot of this season was a lot quieter than I remember season one being. Of like they just had moments where there wasn't background noise, which is great. One thing that this show, well, it did it did a lot. A lot of the season took place in the wilderness versus the middle of Paris. I also think it was a lot. It was a more serious season. I would agree, yeah. One one more note about the music of this season. They're like, uh, what's French? I know, accordion. <laughs> I mean, it does work, though. <laughs> it does. It's, it's, uh, it's just that one song, Happy Day in Paris, I think it's called. 
You know the one. And it was very funny that, like, in the episode where Vanitas is all lovesick about, uh, like, realizing that he actually cares about uh, Jean, he goes to this one bridge in Paris, and I, I remember crossing that bridge and being like, oh my god, it's that bridge. <laughs> or recognizing it after having seen it in real life. Because <laughs> it's, it's got the symbols of Napoleon on it. I think they did actually a really good job of making these characters integrated to the story to where most some of the characters already knew them and it wasn't like introducing two completely new characters that had no relations to anyone like Jean knew Chloe um as well as the daddy vampire Ruthven yes he also knew them from before and so it's like these characters exist in this world it's not like a totally new thing uh Lord Ruthven who I did not realize until after uh we initially did the season that had the show in it, who is named after the char- a character from the novel The Vampire, which actually predates Dracula. But yes, that is true. It's like they're all really well integrated. And Nostalfo obviously knows Roland from, you know, both being chess sewers and like. Uh, Roland is supposedly the one who saved him before he became a chess sewer. Mm. How and fucking like- old is Roland? <laughs> I don't know. Probably like twenty upper twenties. Okay, but like, like he so, he saved Astolfo like, when he was like a little kid. Yeah, but if Astolfo was like ten and Roland was like twenty, or even like sixteen. Yeah, even then. I guess so. I just I mean, really enjoy the idea of him being like secretly a middle-aged man and just like <laughs> looking really good. I will yeah. say, I think most of these characters are in their upper twenties, lower thirties. Yeah, mm-hmm. is what it seems. Most of the adult characters. And obviously right. there's the child, but. And obviously a lot of them are vampires, so their ages yeah, are Yeah, so it doesn't really matter, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I think what I really like about Astolfo is how he provides a alternative perspective of the chess years than Roland. Where, like, mm-hmm. Roland is like, oh, some vampires are good, I'm going to work with you. Astolfo is just, all vampires are evil and I need to kill them. Well, and we get, I think the first season had a bit more of like the opposite of No Way versus like, I th- was it Lord Ruthven or someone of like, oh, some humans are good and so all humans are evil type of thing. Yeah. Because it's not like either side is good. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. face it. And that, that's another thing I like is how I feel like, I feel like the show does a good job at balancing between a vampire villain and a human villain. Mm-hmm. So we're like, like, I feel like other shows with like a similar concept where it's like two sides that were, where like there's two sides that are in conflict and the heroes kind of bounce between them. Like um, a certain magical index. I feel like that one leans towards the magic side being the villains most of the time. But like, I feel like this one, I feel like Bounty Toss does a good job balancing. Well, it's not only are they evil, but I don't think they've had very few unsympathetic villains. Even technically, um, spoiler alert, the... um, (laughs) Even the Vampire of the Blue Moon, yeah. Well, the Vampire of the Blue Moon, yes, but also the... um, What am I looking for? The... Nania. Yes, Nania is technically sympathetic in the sense of like their their name was stolen as well so like 
you kind of lose control and stuff. So like, it's not like they're just evil. Now, you know, is there redemption? Hard to say on that one, but. Yeah, I like that every character has a reason for being the way they are. Uh, you understand them, even if you don't necessarily condone them or want them want them to be forgiven. Because, like, at the end of this arc, like, they, they beat Astolfo, and, like, Roland just, like, carries him off, and he's like, you're done, bud. Like, is he gonna... I don't know if he's gonna come back. Or if he does, he'll be even more unhinged somehow. I think he will. Part of what I do like about Astolfo is that you mentioned he's, uh, like, contrast against, like, um, Roland and stuff. He's also contrast against Vanitas because Vanitas had his parents killed by vampires, um, like, and all this stuff. And like, he he should hate vampires, and he should also hate humans, to be honest. Um, but he doesn't. Um, yeah, yeah, and he he like wants to actively save them, also, right. Now, you know, he has issues. Let's not uh, pretend he doesn't, but. Yeah, I also. Like, I also just really like Roland. I think his sword is really cool. I fit like. <laughs> like, just like chain swords that like turn into like giant bladed chain or whips are just really cool to me. I this think. Did you play like three houses? But I legitimately like. Yeah, like, like there's Byleth from Three Houses has one. Reese from the Trails series has one. If we're talking about cool swords, I do want to say Olivia just has, Olivier just has a chainsaw. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it's it's a very ornate, but it is straight up a chainsaw. And I, I like I like Olivier's weapon, not Olivier, uh, Astolfo's weapon too, because I love a glaive, yeah. and then it's like got a gun inside it because the blade splits down the middle. I'd say it's very more of cool. like a cannon, like like a pulse cannon yeah, than like a gun, but yeah, but it's it's it's, it's a thing that shoots projectiles. Yes. Yeah. Like I think I think it's kind of cool how like all the vampires, like they might. Actually, no, that's not, that's just not true. I was about to say all the vampires fight more hand to hand, but that's not true. Jean has like a weapon. Um. Yeah, Jean has a giant hand cannon, and then yeah. Dominique has like a sword, and she can has ice magic. Yeah. That's apparently a thing. I don't think we've seen that much like magic. She's, she's got a rapier and ice magic. She's just Weiss from Ruby. I mean, a glaive with a gun in it is pretty much Ruby. Yeah. Hey, like as much as as much as I sometimes like to clown on Ruby, it did give us some cool weapons and cool powers. Yeah. Mikhail was interesting. Oh yeah. And then the second arc, uh, the villain of the second arc was uh, Mikhail, uh, who was mentioned in season one because uh, they went go, <laughs> they went after the scientist that uh, I think they mentioned the name Mikhail at some point in season one as well. I don't know if they said the name. But anyway, like they, they went after the scientist guy who experimented on Vanitas and kind of made him what he is. Uh, and he asked him how is 71. So. That was how it came up again, and that's why he considers Vanitas his older brother. And he has his own book of Vanitas. Yeah, there's two. Do you think it was intentional that Vanitas was number 69? Has to be. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like, does does the number sixty nine have the same connotations in Japan as it does here in America? I say here in America, like I'm not fully in Germany right now. <laughs> yes, there there are two books of Vanitas. Uh, <clears throat> Mikhail has the other one. He's doing all sorts of magic. And it seems like the like uh, the original vampire of the blue moon did something to them for them to be able to use it, and it's kind of screwing with them a bit. Well, they they she she uh, she inducted them into the blue moon clan. Remember, they have the the blue moon clan. Tattoos. She yeah. No, the, I thought that was from the doctor. Oh right. Yeah, well, he did. he like he did experiments on them, but like. They were going to die unless she inducted them into the clan. So that's why they have the tattoos. I would, I would, she might have for Mikhail. I don't know if she did for Vanitas or not, because Vanitas says they're a human. I I think that, I I think that the Vampire the Blue Moon used they, them pronouns, at least they did in the subs. Yeah. They also seem kind of ambiguous, like ambiguous. Mm -hmm. They are gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that's a transition goal and a half right there. Like, uh, skin is completely black and not like a human skin tone, like, like black. Like, yes, <laughs> black, black, like a pitch black type of black. And white Charcoal. hair. Ugh. I do like the aesthetics of the blue moon clan of the blue, black and white. Like, it's just a great mm -hmm. color combo. It is. It is a cool look. But uh, Mikhail wants to bring back uh, Luna, the the vampire, of the blue moon, because he thinks that'll like lead to uh, Vanitas and the two of them having their old life back. But Vanitas is like, no, that would be bad if we did that. Yeah. Well, and Vanitas is like, they're not the same person. It's not the same thing. <laughs> like, if, once someone's dead, they're they're gone. <laughs> That's just how it is. Feeling a lot of feeling a lot of full metal feeling a lot of full metal alchemist connections today. But anyway, uh I thought he was interesting because he's he's kind of a brat. <laughs> like yeah. he's still a kid. Uh and I like in the very last episode of the season, like he confronted them and they just had a long conversation. And like he asked Vanitas to join him again, and Vanitas is like, "No, nah, I'm going to keep hanging out with my heterosex with my completely heterosexual life partner, Noe." <laughs> and uh, he just like straight up like cried, and then he's like, "All right, I'm going. Bye." <laughs> I thought he stayed around to hang out. He... Now he got on his robot dog and went away. Huh. Yeah. It was more of like he threw a tantrum. And then in the last episode, he was like, all right, bye. That was kind of not good. Yeah. So he'll probably join like the supporting cast of recurring friends like Roland and John. Yeah, more of like a Roland type of thing. Because John, I think, is arguably like a main character. Like, they're going to be in almost every arc type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um... One thing is that we did see. I think they're one of the 
villains with the most agency um and we don't know their motives is um saint germain yeah the cat 100 percent they're the cat the colored eyes so? Oh, yeah. They showed a shot with the mirror as well as a small black cat with a blue bow. A hundred percent. And he's like, oh, you, it's fine. Good to finally meet you in this form. It's like, come on. Oh. I see. That's. I picked up on that like immediately. (laughs) Well, the thing is, Andrew, I'm very stupid. That's fair. I don't remember this character. Thanks, Jermaine. You know, he showed up and saved Mikhail when they were about to finish him off. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because I think he never, I think they never showed his eyes in all of season one. They didn't, he he didn't exist. Yeah, he did. He was, he was uh, Noe's teacher. Yeah, the grandfather. Oh, right. Him, yeah. I was going to say, like, honestly, I would say if you like season one, you'll like season two. Like, I don't think there's oh, yeah, a drop for in sure. quality at all, in my opinion. No, it, it's it's uh, it's full on. Like, this is going to be a great show to binge all the way through once it's complete. Just read Hopefully. the manga. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think that, like, this season got pretty close to catching up to the manga, so we probably won't get another season for a while. Um... Are there any themes that we feel like this show has? Quote unquote uh, friendship. It's listen, <laughs> it's better. Family. It's rather than like getting in like relationships, just kind of be gay with all of your friends. Okay. Legitimately though, I'd say it's more of like I don't quite know if it's I would say like racism, but very much of like, hey, not everybody you can't stereotype people. Don't lump them in in a big group. So just like, not all humans are bad. Not all vampires are bad. I feel like stories like this often can have that theme in there. Yeah, certainly. Uh, But yeah, I don't don't think they were quite... We might not be ready to say that, what the definitive theme is, because technically this is probably still on... Most likely still ongoing, hopefully. But the manga is still ongoing. Yeah, well, it's really more there. It's been more of just action stuff. Like there haven't been great moral um, dilemmas or anything like that. Yeah, and even like most of the dialogue has been in regards to plot, which is weird. We, we but, like I don't. We haven't talked enough about one particular thing though that I want to talk about, and that is how cute uh, Jean is, and she is adorable and precious, and I love her. Yes. And like that whole episode when like she and uh, <laughs> Vanitas are realizing that they actually do love each other. <laughs> Very like, cute. I love how between the two big arcs, they had just an episode of like, I think I love this person. <laughs> <laughs> but like Vanitas is like legit thinks he's sick. <laughs> it's great. Which is extremely funny. And like he's on the bridge in Paris and like this other couple walks by like and describe exactly what he's feeling. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to realize you're in love, Paris, not a bad place to do it. Even though it's technically the city of lights, not the city of love, as some people say. 
This show should take place in Philadelphia. The city of brotherly love? Trust me, Philly is not. There's no brotherly love there anymore. Maybe there was when it was founded, but not anymore. I mean, like, whenever, like, my dad always refers to Philadelphia as the city of brotherly shove. Okay, here's a theme. The, um, I think there's a big theme of, like, being able to find people who love you, even if you can't love yourself. And, like, no matter how sucky you think you are, there are people out there who will love you. And can look yeah. at that. Yeah, I like that. That's good. You're smarter than me, Chris. There's also a tiny bit of, um, like you don't need to do everything that was hit on in a couple of episodes. Yeah. Kind of like you can let other people handle something if you need to. Mm-hmm. Mostly in the like middle to end of the um, first arc. But yeah, I do. I do appreciate that message. It's nice. It, you know what? This show just makes me happy. I really, really enjoy it. That's yeah. all I've got for you. Really big recommend. Big recommend. Yeah, no, I recommend it. Uh, this has been uh, season two of the case study of Vanitas. We highly recommend. Uh, our next episode is going to be dropping on. It'll be dropping on May sixth uh, on Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, the first half, and then I believe we'll just be doing the second half on the next episode after that. So I'm very excited to get into that one. Uh, if you like our show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wappercast for updates and occasional funnies. Uh, that's all we've got for you for now, though. I have been Juliet, your cool robot dog. I've been Chris and How long have you been 11? A while. And I've been Andrew, and I'm forcibly right-handed. Beep boop. Ravioli, baby.